What do you do if you make a mistake? What do you do if you screw up? Have you ever done something that you wish you hadn't done? Have you ever given out information that you then found out was incorrect? Have you ever hurt somebody, not on purpose, but have you ever hurt somebody and then realized, oh my God, I wish I hadn't have done that? Well, as an exercise professional, that has been my career path up until I learned my anatomy and physiology. When I first came into the exercise profession as a passionate, excited, enthusiastic young person who wanted to inspire people to be healthy, fit and strong, that was my only driving force. I felt good because I was exercising and I wanted other people to feel as good as I did. And I remember I was 13 years of age and I made a commitment that I got puffed, I felt fantastic and I wanted every other little girl that had low self-esteem, low self-confidence, was out of shape, overweight and I had buck teeth and pimples on my face and all sorts of horrible things were going on in my life physically and mentally and exercise made me feel good and that's why I became an exercise professional. So from the age of 13, I started teaching group exercise classes. I ran away from home at 14, nearly 15. And from that day forward, I've been a full-time exercise professional all of my life. Except I have to take the word professional off the first part of my career path. Because when I first came into the what I would call the industry, the fitness industry, uh, I, I didn't learn what I needed to learn to be able to help people to be fit and strong. I listened to experts, doctors, exercise physiologists, endocrinologists, physiotherapists, chiropractors, people who owned gyms, people who taught classes, people who were gym instructors, people who were teaching other people to exercise and giving out information about how to be healthy, fit and strong. And because I was overwhelmed by their impressiveness and their medical degrees and their years of experience, I just believed them. And... I became the expert of somebody else's opinion without thinking for myself, without following the research. I used to say, research shows, but I had never read the research. And when I finally realized that it was important to do that, it was important to follow up on why are we doing this exercise and how does it actually work and does the human body work that way? And as an exercise professional, should I know my anatomy and physiology so that I understand the tools of my trade? I found out that there are major conflicting opinions, ideas and convictions about exercise and eating and most of those have nothing to do with science, they have nothing to do with anatomy and physiology, they're just experts disagreeing. And I always ask this question, if you are then like me stuck in the middle between two arguing experts, two arguing professors, two arguing doctors, what do you do? And I realized and found out the hard way that what I had to do was learn my anatomy and physiology for myself so that I could ask intelligent questions and be able to listen to the unintelligent answers or be able to work out for myself whether this expert actually knew what they were talking about. And I'm being very respectful because I do not have a university degree. But what I have now is hundreds and thousands of hours of intense research study and analyzing the human body not opinions, not other people's ideas, not even programming or nutrition, just how does the human body work? And I'm not going to pretend that I understand how the human body works. But what I am very passionate about is not hurting people, not wasting their time, and most importantly, I want people to be fit and strong. Because if you are fit and strong, is everything different? And I'm 
embarrassed but sharing with you openly that I think that I have screwed up people's lives. I've made made people overweight, even obese. I've sent people down the track of being anorexic or bulimic where food is controlling their life. I have uh, given people coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes. I've wrecked their joints. And when I, when I share that with you, the person who was probably wrecked the most was me because I believed the experts and didn't learn my anatomy and physiology and just did what everybody else was doing. I started doing exercises that put shearing forces, rotational forces, momentum, speed, and weight through my joints, all of my joints. And because I'm disciplined and because I love to exercise, I have literally screwed up every single joint in my body because I didn't learn my anatomy and I didn't learn my physiology. So what happened then is I was exercising a certain way and I looked good because when you exercise and you're 15, 18, 20, 25, 30 years of age, you look amazing. So people say, Rowie, you look amazing. And I ripped abdominals and tight butt cheeks and I looked fantastic. And people would say, Rowie, what do you do? And I would tell them. My inflated ego would tell people what I was doing and expect them to do what I was doing, which was ridiculous. But even if anybody tried, the information that I was giving them was going to wreck their joints. If I give somebody an isolated exercise with shearing forces across the joint, I feel that I am irresponsible, which means if they get, they get injured, they can't exercise. And I always ask this question, you might give somebody an exercise, shearing forces, rotational forces with momentum and speed, and it doesn't wreck their joint for another 10, 15, 20 years, but it will. But what about this? What if somebody comes to me the first time, and they did, and they're a netballer, or a kayaker, or a rock climber, or a water skier, or somebody who sits down all day at an, in an office, or somebody who has a construction job, or they work in a warehouse where they're already putting shearing forces across their joints, or they've got weak joints, or their body has just wasted away because they're older and inactive. And then the first exercise program they get from their gym instructor, from their personal trainer, from me, and I used to call myself a personal trainer, and I am the personal trainer that wrecked people's joints Stopped people, stopped people from exercising because they had wrecked joints. But I gave them programs that were too long and too boring and di- didn't work. Imagine being given an exercise program that's really slow, really boring, takes a long time and doesn't give you the result that you want and then you feel like a loser because you can't stick to it. Well, those people end up not doing exercise at all. And the reason I can share that with you because I'm standing here in front of you as an an old lady where the world's gotten fatter and sicker and weaker than it's ever been, more diseased than it's ever been. And if, and I'll use one simple example, type 2 diabetes, type 2 diabetes is one of the biggest killers in the world right now. It's curable, preventable and curable with a regular exercise program. If you're fit and strong, you won't get type 2 diabetes. If you're fit and strong, very unlikely that you'll get coronary heart disease. If you're fit and strong, very unlikely that you'll become obese. If you're fit and strong, very unlikely that you'll have challenges with your self-confidence, with your self-esteem. Your brain will work more effectively. Now, it doesn't mean it won't happen, but you are at far less risk if you are fit and strong. But you can't be fit and strong if the exercise program that some stupid personal trainer gave you doesn't work or it takes too long or it hurts your joints. And that's the personal trainer that I was. And I have to take responsibility for that because those people grow up and they get older and then they have children and they pass that information on to their children. 
So when I was a young exercise person, I can't call myself a professional, and I was writing programs for people who were young, they are now as old as me, and they've got kids and grandkids who have the same screwed-up headspace as what they had when they stopped exercising at my gym or stopped exercising with me because I gave them a program that they couldn't stick to or a program that injured their joints. And I want to ask again, how, how would you feel if that was you? If you're a parent, a teacher, a coach, if you are an exercise professional, if you are, and a personal trainer is not a word that I like to use because I'm embarrassed by it. Uh, we have so many personal trainers in the world right now and you only have to open up social media to see how many of those people have no understanding of anatomy, physiology and how the human body works. And I could ask you this question, even if you have no understanding of how the human body works, if you've never done one single session of anatomy and physiology, is it possible that you could open up social media right now and see some exercises or some suggestions for eating and exercise that just make absolutely no common sense whatsoever? So most exercises that are, that are, that people say, oh, this is a great exercise, you only have to look at it and if you've got any training in workplace health and safety, you would say, why would you do that? It's dangerous. And if you did it in a workplace or if you did it in a, on a construction site or if you had anything to do with uh, the legal part of looking after people's bodies on a work, in a workplace, you would say you wouldn't do that because if you, if you put your arms above your head at speed with rotation, if you throw things around like that, you'll hurt somebody. You'll, you'll end up in court for hurting somebody. And yet in the exercise industry, in the fitness industry, you can walk into any personal training studio right now, or any gym, and see exercises that are destroying people's joints. And yet we seem to think that it's okay. I think you can hear in my voice that uh, I, this is tough for me because I did that stupid shit because I didn't learn my anatomy and physiology. I just believed people. Now, I could blame the people that I believed, but that's not their fault. People can do whatever they want to do. But me as a professional... Don't I have the responsibility to learn what's safe for the human body, what's going to work and what's going to work fast? Because one of the big reasons that people don't exercise is it takes too long. So if it takes too long and it doesn't work and it's boring and then, then they become overweight or diseased, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, depression, obesity, the biggest killers in the world right now are diseases that as an exercise professional we have full control over preventing and curing or putting people at much less risk of getting and if they do get, they can get rid of. And I just use the simple thing of osteoporosis, which is bone thinning disease, mostly a women's disease and used to be an old lady's disease. Now it's seen in kids, young kids. We've got, we've got young children with bone thinning osteoporosis because they're inactive, which means if they're active, if, they've, if they're fit and strong, they won't get osteoporosis. And if they've got osteoporosis, we can build their bones back and make them strong again. That's what we do. But how do you know how to do that if you don't understand your anatomy and physiology? We've got people that are totally screwed up with their food. Most of my career path, I worked with people who were anorexic, bulimic, or morbidly obese. And the reason I had to learn anatomy and physiology so quickly is most of those clients had a much better understanding of anatomy and physiology than I did as their exercise professional because they are totally focused and fanatical about calories and fat grams and exercise and they studied and learned their anatomy and physiology. Now, the interesting thing, for example, with an anorexic headspace, somebody who doesn't want to eat food because they want to be in full control of their food, 
They know everything about food and they know everything about exercise. They just don't apply it to their own life. They make beautiful food for their family, but they just don't eat it themselves. I'm sharing that with you because is it possible that if we exercise people effectively, that we could help their brain think more clearly? Uh, this whole process of let's do long, slow distance exercise or let's give people 30 minutes of exercise, uh, that doesn't change your brain. The, the, the chemicals that give you neuroplasticity, changing the way you think, and neurogenesis, um, creating new brain cells, that comes from intense activity, high intense phosphate system, 10 seconds, get puffed, work hard, and you change your brain chemistry. But that's not something that we, well, you, I, I think it will be almost impossible, and I don't like to use that word, to find an expert to share with an anorexic person that they should be doing high intense activity. It's just not information that's ever delivered. But we constantly deliver information, uh, the medical professionals deliver information about this is the drug you should take and this is the other drug you should take because when you take that drug there's a side effect. And I get that, the pharmaceutical companies are there to make money and the pharmaceutical companies do some wonderful things for people that are already sick. I've got a challenge with that. I would like to prevent people from getting sick. And why do we use drugs as the final or as the first solution to any challenge? For example, if I've got type 2 diabetes, how many people are told by their GP the only cure for type 2 diabetes is to exercise, is to get fit and strong. And I'm very careful about that word exercise because, again, most people think that exercise is long, slow distance or steady state exercise of 30 minutes, 45 minutes or an hour. If you are an overweight person or if you're morbidly obese and you've got type 2 diabetes and coronary heart disease, can you even exercise for 30 minutes? And that's my point. If I'm a personal trainer, which I used to call myself, but I don't anymore because I'm so embarrassed of that profession or that industry. And the reason for that is if I ask most personal trainers, how does the endocrine system affect the human body? What fires up the human body so that it can go and get fit and strong? And what happens inside the brain if I tap into my phosphate system and make sure that I've got adrenal, uh, adrenaline, uh, epinephrine, uh, the catecholamine system's working, what does that do to my brain and then what does that do to my body? Most personal trainers have got no clue what I'm talking about. And I can share that with you passionately because I ask. When somebody gives somebody a program that's 30 minutes long, 45 minutes long, an hour long, when gyms have classes that are 45 minutes long, I always ask them, what does this do to the human body? What does it do to the endocrine system? And often people look at me as, as like, I oh, don't ask me that question because I don't know what the endocrine system is or definitely don't know what it does. I can defend those people because that used to be me. That's how I used to live my life. I used to call myself a personal trainer and people paid me money to get them fit and get them strong and make them feel better about themselves and help them, their body to get into great shape. My goal has always been, how do I get people fit? How do I get people strong and stay that way for the rest of their life? But I was setting them up to fail because their program was too long, their program was boring, and their program hurt their joints. Why am I sharing this with you? I don't want our kids to grow up in a world where being morbidly obese, obese, overweight, depressed, uh, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, cancer, stroke, all the horrible diseases that are preventable and curable when you're fit and strong. 
Now, to get fit, you've got to get puffed. To get strong, you've got to overload your muscles and bones. That's how simple it is. And yet it seems it's become so complicated with how many times and how many reps and how many sets and how many calories and percentage of macronutrients and exercises that if you, again, I'll share, if you put them into a construction site or if you put them into a a warehouse, you would get sued for giving people those exercises because they're freaking dangerous for your body. But people are still going to the gym and and their gym trainer is giving them that program or their their social media influencer is giving them that program and they're setting them up not just to fail that program because it's long, slow and boring, but they're setting them up to hurt their joints. And when you're as old as I am and it's difficult to get out of bed in the morning because all your joints are busted... I think that's really sad. Now, I'm, I work my way through that because I've had to not just learn my anatomy and physiology, but now I've had to really learn and understand physiotherapy, rehabilitation, what keeps the, the – I can't fix the joint, but I have to keep the muscles around the joint really strong because otherwise I'd, I couldn't walk. I, could, I couldn't function as a human being. I'm as fit as I've ever been. I'm as strong as I've ever been. I'm as healthy as I've ever been. I've got more energy than I've ever had as an old lady. But imagine if I'd started all of that when I started exercising at 10 years of age. And as I always share, from 10 to 13, I did stupid exercises just on the floor because I didn't know any better. I love feeling fit. I love feeling strong. I love having a body that can do all the things that I want to do. And I'm disciplined. And maybe that's why not everybody gets hurt from their exercise program because they give up on it before they get hurt. But I'm going to ask you that question one more time. Imagine somebody comes to you for the first time and they're a netballer and they've got sore knees already or they're a, a, a tennis player, they've got sore shoulders already or they're a person who sits on their backside all day long in an office and they've got a sore back already. They do their first program with you as an exercise professional and, the, and your program screws up their back, screws up their knee, screws up their shoulder you can say, well, it wasn't my program because uh, they've already got an underlying medical challenge. Do you know how many personal trainers, gyms, don't even do a pre-activity questionnaire? They don't even ask people, is there any underlying reason why you could get injured when you exercise? I've never been to a gym, and, and I don't go anymore because I, I'm embarrassed. But there's some gyms that don't even have blood pressure monitors. One of the, the, the quickest way to find out what's going on inside somebody's body is take a resting heart rate and take their blood pressure. And most gyms don't even have a blood pressure monitor. They don't ask somebody, what are your goals? Why do you want to achieve them? Where do you want to achieve them? When do you want to achieve them? How will you feel if you do? How will you feel if you don't? Are you on track or off track? If you were giving yourself advice, what advice would you give yourself? And what do you want me to do as your exercise professional to help you? See, that series of questions, I learned that the hard way. I never used to ask those questions. People just used to come to the gym. They were overweight. They'd say, I want to lose weight. And I'd say, well, here's what you've got to do without asking any questions, without finding out their medical background. Do you have top to toe, inside and outside, any reason why this exercise program that I give you could be a challenge? And ultimately, the the exercise program that we give people is supposed to help their challenges, not make them worse. But we have to find out what they are first. I'm embarrassed. I will share with you again that I believe because of my stupid programs and because I didn't learn my anatomy and physiology and because the programs I gave people were too long and they put shearing forces across people's joints, there are now people who who died early because they didn't exercise They're depressed and angry and uh, frustrated and annoyed with exercise and eating because they can't stick to the program that they probably would never have been able to stick to. 
there's people with long-term diseases that they don't need to have if they had been exercising from the first time that they met me, but because the program was so stupid, they stopped exercising. And then what about the people that stop exercising over Christmas or they go on holidays so they stop for two weeks? Or See, that's all education. We don't stop brushing our teeth when we're on holidays. We don't stop eating food when it's Christmas, obviously. Uh, we don't uh, stop brushing our teeth and wearing clothes because we're too busy or it's too hot or too cold. But people feel that it's okay and completely normal to stop the thing that's going to keep them fit and strong for the rest of their life. They stop that. Why? Because it's too long and it's too boring and it's too complicated and they don't want to do it. They do it because they have to or they don't do it at all. I'm begging and I'm, my life is a lot at the moment about begging. I can't change what you do. I can't change what the world does. But I want our kids to grow up in a world where they're not going to think that it's normal to be overweight, out of shape, unhealthy, depressed. I want our kids to live in a world where being healthy, fit and strong is normal so that they can be really proud of their healthy, fit, strong body. And the person that gave them the information about how to get that healthy, fit, strong, strong body actually gave them the right information based on anatomy and physiology, how the human body works, not based on my stupid advice that I gave people as a young fitness instructor, which was regurgitating other people's opinion. So my personal question, do you study, learn, train, educate yourself about your own human body so that you can ask intelligent questions of the people who are supposed to know the answers? And if somebody gives you a ridiculous answer or a stupid exercise or a dumb eating plan, you would actually be able to work that out for yourself because you understand how the human body works. So the digestive system, the immune system inside the bones, your skeletal and muscular system that makes sure that you can move around, your heart and lungs that, that have got to keep pumping because otherwise you'll die, the central nervous system and the endocrine system that fire those all up. Should we know what they are, how they work, and how they work together to make our body fit and strong so that we can live healthy, fit, and strong for long? Please be the parent, teacher, coach, exercise professional, boss, leader that inspires people to be fit and strong and then gives them something that they can stick to for the rest of their life that won't hurt them. Could that be a really good idea?